Now is the time to worship. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for coming out on this Wednesday evening for Bible study and reception. We don't normally do receptions after Wednesday night. I'm just hoping I'm not going to get embarrassed here, okay? Okay. Here I wore my pink tonight. I was being bold and now there better not be no spotlight, okay? Um, she keeps dropping her head. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Wow, there's a reception. I may need to go quicker and faster. <laughs> okay, wow. Well, whatever it is, we'll survive it. Praise the Lord. Yes, we're here tonight to study God's Word, and uh, we definitely want to give that attention now. Um, I do have a birthday coming up this Friday, and uh, thank the Lord for another year. Praise the Lord. 54, here we go. <laughs> Or here we come. Here it comes. All right, we're not going, but coming. And uh, praise the Lord for fifty, almost fifty-four years. And uh, someone was uh, interviewing me recently for an article they were doing in this uh, magazine, and uh, they were asking me what do I attribute my success to, and and uh, and I said my success. They said, well, well, you you do have a blessed life, you know. And I said, well, yes, I will not deny that. And uh, and I said, wow, I have to think about that. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it just came right back to me in the moment uh, where I just felt the Lord, when I was a teenager, the Lord says, if you'll decide to serve me and live your life for me, he said, you'll never regret a day of it. I'll take you from glory to glory. And I said, you know, it was, I said, I, I got it, I got it. It was when I made a decision as a teenager and I made up my mind, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to give my life to the Lord. And I'm going to honor the Lord the best I know how. I said, I know i got to study. And here I am this many years later. And I'm still studying. And I'm still learning. And that's why we're here tonight. To continue to study God's Word and learn. But I made up my mind that whatever I learned that, that blessed the Lord and was His will, I was going to do it. If I didn't know it at the time, once I knew it, I was committed to it. If it contradicted what I was doing currently, I was, it was going to change. Because I made up my mind, I'm going to honor the Lord. I'm going to live for the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, I believe it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. I, it was just the power of a made-up mind. The power of a made-up mind. And so I, I've taken that mindset, and I wanted to share that message with you tonight from my life and from the life of God's Word, the power of a made-up mind. There's power. I mean, there's amazing power that will be released in you if you just make up your mind to serve the Lord and to honor the Lord. Uh, I think a good place to go is in Job. Job, not Job, but Job, chapter 1. Uh, I remember we all get saved, don't know the Bible, and we say, oh, there's a book in here, Job. I wonder if I can get me a job in here. But no, its name, his name is Job. And um, let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, you're the author of this book, this holy, divinely inspired, God-breathing, fallible word from God. You, Holy Spirit, as God has given it to us, you are here. We have your presence, the author. You are here with us to help us interpret and to help us uh, get the revelation and the illumination that we need. So, Holy Spirit, we yield to you that you would have your way, move, minister, bring wisdom, revelation, open our eyes, remove scales off of our eyes, open our ears that we can hear. Lord God, in our heart that we can perceive your word this night, we pray that you would guide and direct in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. There was a man in the land of Uz. It sounds like a, a kind of a television show coming on here. His name was Job, 
And this man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Another version says that he abhorred evil, and he cleaved to that which was good. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him, and his possessions of 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. That word greatest means the wealthiest, the most blessed man of all of the people of the East. Now that is an amazing beginning there. And every one of us would say, yes, Lord, let that be the same for me as well. Well, we do need to learn uh, that we need, uh, there's a lot that we can uh, uh, understand about this story and apply to our life because we need to be prepared for maybe some storms that may come. If you would look at verse 6, it says, Now there was a day. Look at somebody and say, there was a day. There was a day. All this stuff's going good. The wealthiest, most blessed man in all of the people of the East. He is just, it's just it looks grand. He abhors the evil. He cleaves to that which is good. He wants to honor God and live for God and serve God and bless God. But then verse 6 says, there was a day. And I believe before this message is over, some of us are going to say, you know what? I know what that day feels like because there's been a day in my life. And some of us may not have had that day, but I'm telling you, there is a real devil. There is a real devil. And he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And we need to be prepared uh, and made uh, strong warriors so that when the devil does come against us, we don't have to go down, but we can come out victorious. So there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. There was a day. I want to talk to you tonight about the power of a made-up mind. And here the Bible tells us, uh, as we just open up, here's Job, the wealthiest man in the land. He is blessed materially. The Bible talks about that. He's blessed physically. The Bible even gives details of that. He's blessed relationally. Look at all these sons and daughter and wife and friends. He's blessed spiritually. He has got a great relationship with God. And, and, and let me tell you what. I just want to interject here. True success is not based on what we possess. Somebody say, praise God for that. Jesus said, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses, but true greatness is determined by the things that you possess in your heart, the things you possess in your spirit, and the things you possess in your soul and your mind. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But here's Job. He didn't just wake up one day and find himself overwhelmed with all these blessings. It wasn't something that came through inheritance. Uh, the Bible says that Job, according to Scripture, here this young man, he, he looked at life and he made some critical decisions as we need to do as well. He recognized that there were two pathways that you can take in life. He recognized that there was a broad way and many were going that way. But there was also a narrow way that leads to this abundant life. And he chose to abhor the evil and abhor that which would go down the broad way. And he was going to cleave to that which was good and cleave to God. And he was going to travel that, that narrow path that he had to. So in other words, you've got to make a choice in life. Every 
every one of us, as Job did, you have to make a choice. You have to make up your mind. Which path are you going to travel? You need to ask yourself tonight, which path am I on? Am I on the broad and the easy path and the majority goes there and I feel pretty comfortable because most people think this way and most people act this way and most people talk this way and most people do this. Or, or, and, but that way is leading to destruction, the Bible says. But there is a straight and narrow path and Jesus is that way. And is that, have you made that decision? Which path are you on? We see Jesus' teachings in Matthew chapter 7 and, and middle part of that chapter there where he's talking about there's these masses that are on that path to destruction and only a few who are on that path of life, uh, of sozo, uh, which uh, we get our zoe life, understanding from same, same word in John 10 and 10 where uh, Jesus is talking about Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy, and I've come to give life, abundant life, life more abundant. The Lord wants you to live an abundant life. God wants you to live an abundant life. Now, one thing we have to measure out here early on in this is that a lot of people in a New Testament post-empty cross, post-empty grave, post-resurrection, post-Holy Ghost given to us, post all of this, they want to go back and live like Job lived and say, you know what, if the devil can come in and do what he did to Job, look what the devil can come in and do what he does to me. Uh, Job uh, challenged God because Job had no covenant with God. So Satan challenged God, Satan did, challenged God. There was no covenant there. Let me tell you what, there's no record in the Bible that Job had a covenant with God. Well, I'm here to tell you, we have a better covenant than any of the covenants of all of the Old Testament. And not only is it a better covenant, it has been given to us by a better high priest, mediated by a better high priest, and it has been sealed by better blood, not the blood of a lamb, but the blood of the Lamb of God. So, so you can't go back and let the devil tell you you've got to live like Job lived when you and I have had Jesus hang on the cross to redeem us from the curse, to get the curse off of us and get the blessing back on us. So don't, don't, don't mix that up now. We want to learn what we can from this story, but don't feel like you are in the same position Job is. You can stand in covenant with God, the covenant that you have, and you can resist the devil and he has to flee. You can rebuke him and he has to go. You can plead the blood of Jesus against him and you can overcome that red dragon by the blood of the lamb and your word of your testimony. And you have a name that you've been given, the name that every knee has had to bow to and every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and in the power of his name, you can stand in the power of his covenant and you can stand in the rights that he, through his blood, his life, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and sending of his own spirit to indwell us, you can stand in the fulfillment of that. Hallelujah. So don't get that mixed up. Now, we are not back in the olden days with Job. So we're going to learn some stuff from this, but we have a different covenant. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So here, Job, it looks as though comprehended at this young age that there are these uh, uh, decisions that need to be made. And he, the Bible says, and God's heart was blessed by it, that he made a decision that he was going to do good and abhor that which was bad. 
He understood that we must think wisely, we must plan wisely, we must choose wisely, and we must act wisely in that we walk in the way of the Lord, the way that blesses Him. He said, I must cleave to that which is good, and I must abhor that which is evil. I must shun evil. Now here, Job, in the limited sight that he had, and, and we're not understanding if he even had a glimpse of the prophetic of all God's plan. We don't know that, but we, do, we know some of it because he gives us some revelation of what he did have. But he knew enough to know that I'm going to choose what's good because my God is good. And I'm going to abhor that which is evil because the enemy is evil. And I'm going to shun all evil. And I'm here tonight to tell you the sooner that you make that decision in your life, that is when you will start walking in the blessings of God, all that He has provided for us since Jesus' great sacrifice for us. You have to make that decision that Job made, that I'm going to cleave to that which is good because only God is good. And I'm going to abhor and I'm going to shun evil. I pray you would make that decision. If you have not already, you would make it even now. So here's Job, and he focused to choose the, the right helpmate. And he, he focused, and he was raising his children before the Lord. And the Bible says that he'd made some wise plans, and he was acting wisely <clears throat> on the revelation that he did have. These two things, I believe, will determine much in your life, and that they are our decisions and our response to God. A lot of people say just their decisions will determine their course in life, but I believe that you also have to look at your response to God to do it His way or not. I've seen people make good decisions but respond negatively, negative to God, and while there may look like a blessing in their life, it comes with sorrow, the Bible says. We need God. We need God. So we need a response to God and God has made us free moral agents, so He gave us the choice to choose. He's not going to force you in any way. He doesn't force His will on us. Uh, he, he wants a love relationship, and a love relationship has to have choice. So you need to make that decision. Your decisions need to be based on your response to God. Please know this. While we have the power to make our choices, our choices have the power to make us. Please have that ingrained in your mind. Yes, God has given you free will. You can choose. You could choose to eat that chair leg, metal and all, if you wanted to, if your teeth would allow it. You could choose to do it. You could choose to eat the cushion of your seat right now. I don't know how it go well with your digestive system, but let me tell you what. That's your choice. But please know, you, you have the uh, choice. Uh, you can make your choices, but your choices are going to make you. You will have to deal with the consequences of your choices, and it's so, uh, so important that we know that. So I, I believe Job, he was honoring, whether he knew it or not, Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, where the Bible says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. Now here Solomon is writing again, and he has a different covenant than we have. But even the covenant that we have, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. So there's warfare that we go through even today with the covenant that we have. 
So there are difficult days that the enemy is going to try to come in to steal, kill, and destroy that Jesus warned us about. And here, uh, the, the wisest man of all is writing of the wisdom of God saying, remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. And some of you say, my days of youth are gone. No, take a picture of you today. And 10 years from now, look at that picture and you'll say, oh, I wish I still looked like that. So this is your day of youth. Make a decision to serve God, to honor God, to do what's right in His eyes every day. I would say do it and do it now before another second clicks away at your youth. That would be one of the wisest things you would do. Because there are some things that we can't choose. We can't choose our parents. We can't choose the conditions that we were born into. We can't choose the environment that we were raised in. We have no say in those things. And, and, and let me tell you what, many of us, uh, some of us have had some positive and some of us have had some negative things that were out of our control. But listen here tonight. You can choose the action and reaction of how you handle these. You have the choice in that. Some claim, I, I, I was a victim, so I have no responsibility. Please hear me. We're all victims in one way or another. I've never met anyone that the devil let off the hook. Whether they were young, teenagers, or, or, or middle-aged. I've never met anyone that didn't get an arrow from the enemy from one way or another. Satan has targeted us all for destruction. But what people do to us does not determine our destiny. The thing that determines our destiny is how we respond, is how we react. And if you respond correctly, even to an injustice that has been done to you, the Bible says God's blessing is released over your life. There's a turnaround anointing that you uh, uh, draw into your life. So we must reach the point where we say, I can choose how I respond. Now, you may need some counsel, you may need some prayer, you may need some teaching, you may need to get your mind renewed, but you can get to the place where you say, you know what, going forward, I know that I can choose how I'm going to respond. Because these two things will determine uh, what becomes in life to you, our decisions and our responses to God. And the sooner, listen to me, the sooner you decide to go God's way, oh, I'm feeling this right now, the sooner you say, I'm going to go where the Spirit of the Lord is leading me and what the Spirit of the Lord has revealed in my life, the sooner you're going to travel on the blessed way and the blessed life. Hallelujah. I think sometimes uh, uh, people just, I, I've had this in this interview and I've had folks come to me and they're like, how in the world did you get such a blessed life? It must be being a pastor. I want to be a pastor because, man, pastor's lives are easy. Pastor's life, just a breeze. That must be the answer. You became a pastor and just God just takes good, good care of you. And, and you know what? Let me tell you what. Thank God for the blessings in my life, but they didn't just fall on me. I can promise you that. I wasn't something, uh, it wasn't something I was physically born into because in comparison, my circumstances make some of you look like spoiled brats. Yeah, I said it. My upbringing and some of the conditions I grew up in make some of you look like spoiled brats who were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. However, on the other hand, compared to some of your past circumstances, I look like the spoiled brat who was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. So, 
I'm just here to tell you there's nothing special about me as, as we are. God is no respecter of persons. So this, this one that was interviewing me was wondering, how did you get this wonderful, blessed life that you have? You know, and, and I thought about it. I'm not qualified. I, I've never had the powerful backing of men, uh, organizations, or anything like that. I don't have a pedigree. So, so, so how did it happen? And, and as I studied it, I found that this, I believe, is how. There came a day in my life where I said, from this day forward, I make up my mind, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. No turning back. I said, no turning back. I'm going to keep the cross before me and the world behind me. I'm not turning back. I don't care what challenges. I don't care what I don't understand. I don't care whatever happens. I'm not turning away from Jesus. I'm going to live my life to please Him, to the revelation and, and understanding that I have. I'm going to live my life to serve Him. I'm going to live my life to honor Him. I'm going to live my life to bless Him. I'm going to live my life to obey Him in every aspect that I can. I made this decision, and, and I encourage you to do the same that I'm going to put God first in my life. So the moment-to-moment -moment choices that come to me, I've already settled it. I've got a made-up mind. I'm going to please the Lord. No matter what circumstantial uh, 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 situation comes into my life, I know this, the decision I'm going to make, no matter if what I know the factors are, before I know the factors, I know the outcome. I'm going to make a decision that is going to please the Lord. I'm going to please God before I ever think about pleasing man. And I, by the grace of God, will choose to love over any other uh, choice, no matter how bad someone treats me, no matter what they do, I'm choosing love. I'm choosing love. Now, I had to make this decision before I actually got into the trenches, or I probably would have bailed out. You know, because when I made these decisions, they helped keep the boundaries to my emotions. Because love is not an emotion. Did you hear me? Love is not an emotion. If God is love and God is covenant and God is one who has established this relationship with us in covenant, love is covenant. Love, it goes beyond what you feel. Love goes beyond how it makes you uh, move at the moment. It is a commitment. It is a choice that we make. And I made the choice. I'm going to love. I'm going to love no matter what happens. And that helps help boundaries to my emotions because it's a decision I made. And it's like digging through the rock into the underground earth and then it breaks forth for the spring that is flowing under the rock. The emotions are the spring that's flowing beneath the rock. But let me tell you what, the rock that you get established in is that commitment to love. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discipline my thoughts and I'm going to discipline my tongue to honor God with my mind and my mouth. I'm not going to let my mouth just run off and do anything that it wants. And I'm not going to let my mind just run off and think anything it wants. I'm going to discipline it to say and to think on things that please the Lord. Now, it, did it happen overnight? No. Does it get challenged? Yes. But the decision's made. That's my default. That's what I'm holding to. That's what I promise the Lord and I promise myself. That I'll never be controlled by other spirits other than the Spirit of God. So for me, alcohol and drugs were off limits. 
If they charge you for drinking coming under the influence, the influence of what? Well, the bar that sold it to you said spirits. And I lived in that and I saw the evil spirits that came out of the coffins that hid until that, that numbing sauce would come in and free it and I know what it can do and the pain that it can cause. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm coming under the Holy Spirit and if I got to run to some, some juice somewhere in order to get my good field, then I've not tapped into the true joy of the Lord because I know there's a joy of the Lord that can be the strength of my life, the strength of my relationship. So I just, it's just, and I'm just telling you, this is my birthday, so I'm telling you, okay, well, what decision I made. A power of a made-up mind. I was interviewed and it says, you know, how is it that you are so blessed. And I just, that was one thing. I'm never going to be controlled by other spirits. So I'm, I, alcohol and drugs is off limits. I'm going to keep myself sexually pure. I said this to the Lord at 17. And I said, keep myself sexually pure. I'm never going to allow myself to get in a compromised situation. I'm not going to do that. Now that I've been married going on 24 years, I, I, I'm in covenant with my wife and I, I protect myself because I don't allow that. I don't allow it. You say, well, you're just too stiff and strict and whatever. Well, you live your life. I'll live my life because I tell you what, I don't want to jeopardize everything that the Lord's blessed me with and everything the Lord's done by some foolish and silliness that the Bible gives me record after record after record of how it always leads to destruction. And then I made this decision. I'm never going to hold on to unforgiveness. No matter what someone does to me, I'm already choosing to forgive them. I don't know their name. When it happens, I'll plug their name in. I don't know the circumstance. When it happens, I'll plug the circumstance in. But it's already, my mind's made up. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to release them, and I'm going to let the Lord handle it. This is the Lord. Lord says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You know, so I'm like, God, if you need to do anything, that's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to hold any grudge. I'm not not going to hold any unforgiveness. And I'm going to make myself available to be used by God to bless mankind. I, by nature, am shy. I would much rather be in the back office. I would much rather be the support. I beg God. I beg God to let me be behind the scenes and work hard and support the ministry and the church and the pastor. And, and, and he just said, okay, because you don't want it, I think I can trust you with it. Okay. So, but I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, no matter how much I have to push through it, I'm, I'm going to do it. If you say do it, I'm going to do it. If you say give, I'm going to give. If you say go, I'm going to go. If you say serve in this capacity, I'm going to serve because it's default. It's set up. I'm here to serve the Lord. I'm not here to serve my wants and desires because I learned that when I serve the Lord, He who created me, I find the fulfillment of my purpose and destiny and the greatest joy of all comes when you're doing what you're created to do. Hallelujah. So the Lord knows best. And I made a decision that I was going to respond to God. No matter who was looking, no matter who was in the room, or what was going on in my life, I made up my mind that I'm going to honor God, I'm going to obey God, I'm going to love God, I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to bless God. And if it blesses God for me to sing out loud, and He says it does, then I'm going to sing out loud. I may not be the prettiest voice, I may not make it on American Idol, I may not make it on The Voice or anything else, but you know what? He gave me a voice, and He said He wants me to make a joyful noise unto Him. So I'm going to sing out loud and I'm going to shout because he says he wants us to shout. He says it blesses him when, him when we shout. Some of you get nervous when we shout. It's not about your nerves. It's about what blesses the Lord. 
And if you hang around it long enough, psychologically, if you halfway got the mind of, that, that's got common sense to it at all, you'll get used to it, okay? And it won't bother you as much. So just, just shout, praise Him. He says that He wants us to praise Him and worship Him, ascribe glory and honor unto Him, lift up our hands unto Him, meet corporately with His body as the church together. He said this is what blesses Him. And I made up my mind, I'm going to do what blesses Him. Uh, uh, Morgan, I think, was talking, or one of the kids was talking the other day and says, you know, Dad, I think uh, we go to church more than anybody in our church. And uh, is that because we're the pastor? And I, you know, you know, immediately I said, no, no. They said, one of them said, do you think we would be in church as much as we are because we're there all the time, you know, uh, if we weren't the pastors? I said, yes, we would. Because I made a decision. I made a decision that if God said forsake not the assembling together of the saints because that blesses Him, that I'm gathering together with the saints and I'm going to worship Him because He wants that exponential uh, worship uh, ascribed unto Him through unity that's activated when we come together. So if that blesses the Lord, I want to be a part of it. Uh, if studying His Word blesses Him, I'm a student of His Word. If praying blesses Him, then I'm going to pray and prayer is going to always be a part of my life. I'm prepositioned because I made up my mind. And that's what I pray some of you would do, uh, all of you, but some of you who have not done it tonight, you would make that decision that I'm prepositioning my life for me to live as Christ. For me to live is Christ. I'm leaning towards Him. I'm leaning towards His will. I'm leaning towards His heart. I'm leaning towards His desire. I have a made-up mind. You've got to make the decision. And, and I made that decision every time I hear the Word of God. That whatever He tells me to do, I'm already said yes. The Lord says, will you go here? I said, Lord, I told you 17 years ago. Or, or not 17 years ago. When I was 17, I said yes. When I was 18, I said yes. When I was 19, I said yes. You know, I've showed this to you probably a hundred times or more, but I just keep it here. Here's my, here's my contract with God. This is my contract with God, signed with my signature here. And whatever he puts on there for my day, whatever he puts on there for the hour, whatever he puts on there for the moment, it's already signed. I'm in, God. I'm in contract. I'm in covenant with you. I'm not backing down. You count on me. And that doesn't make me great, but that makes me making a wise decision to serve a great God. And I pray you would do the same thing. I've made my choices, and my choices have made me. I've made my choices, and my choices have made me. And my choices, I, I want to do what's right. I want to do what's right. Have you ever asked yourself to, in the decisions you make? And all, I really want to do what's right. I, you know, this got a hold of me. That I want to do what's right. Look at your neighbor and say, do what's right. Just go ahead and preach at him a minute. Just do what's right. Come on now. You're making choices and your choices are making you. Your response to God will make you, so, so let's break it down. Let's break it down. Uh, here we are in another service at Christian Embassy International Church. The music is already over. The sermon's over halfway over. The closing prayer is quickly approaching us. And you're going to leave here and go to your respected places after this little whatever they got planned back here. And, uh, and the question is, have you responded to God? Have you responded to God? That will be the most important answer you can propose here tonight. Have you truly responded to God? I don't believe the most important part of the service is the music. While I believe that is a very important part, I don't believe it's the most important part of what we're doing here. I don't believe the most important part of what we're doing here tonight is what I'm doing right now, preaching the Word of God. 
It's an important part, but I don't believe it is the most important part. I do believe that the most important part of the service that we're in right now is how you respond to God. How you, as an individual created by God, son or daughter, the how you respond to God when He speaks to you, when He touches your heart, or, or do you have a response at all? Or do you just cast it aside, harden up, ignore it, or say, I don't care. Oh, I pray that's not the case. I pray that's not the case, not tonight. You, you, you may not even remember uh, what I preach four months from now. <laughs> maybe four hours from now, okay? But what will be remembered and what will determine the place that you are at in life, and that is your response to what I preach. Your response to what God is saying to you. See, it matters what you laid on the altar and decided to never pick up and take back with you. That matters. It matters those tears that maybe stream down your cheek and, and, and drop down onto your shirt or blouse from that cold, hard place in your heart being touched by the warm and healing touch of our Savior. That matters. It matters when you decide to say yes to God and no to the devil. Your response to God makes all the difference in how and in where you're going from here. Let me tell you. Yes, I was interviewed recently, and they said, how in the world did you get where you're at? And I said, let me tell you what, I can't take any credit for it because it's all the blessings of the Lord, but I can tell you how I got in the flow of the blessings. I had to make up my mind that I'm not going to grow up the way maybe uh, I was encouraged to grow up and do by some of the men in my life as I was growing up. I made a decision, I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to do it. It doesn't make me better than them. It makes me making a better decision than they made. And that decision I made is I'm going with you, God. See, I've seen the right hand of God. And I know His power is mighty to save, both physically and spiritually. And I made up my mind that, God, you reached into my life. And because you reached into my life and saved my life, my life now belongs to you. And I encourage every one of you, just because you may have not seen a physical hand, let me tell you what, you wouldn't be here today had the right hand of God not intervened in your life. Maybe things that you won't know until you get to heaven. But let me tell you what, the devil's tried to kill you. The devil's tried to kill you. And the right hand of God has saved you as well. Hallelujah. Your response to God makes all the difference in how and where you are going from here. And Job made up his mind early in his life, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to honor God in all of my life. This was key to him. And the reason is because verse 6 is coming for all of us. Now there was a day. There was a day and all the devil showed up. And let me tell you what, no matter how long you live in life, you need to be prepared because there's coming a day. There's coming a day when the devil's going to come and try to take something from you. The devil's going to come and try to destroy something or he's going to try to steal something from you. Let me tell you what. He is no friend of yours. And he is coming against the people of God more than he's coming against those who are not serving the Lord. And your decisions, and your decisions from the responses you've made to God are going to be tested. You need to know that. Whatever you decide to do for the Lord, the devil's going to test it. 
Jesus decided to come and be our Savior, and Jesus test, I mean, Satan tested him in the wilderness and then tried everything he could through every weakness of everybody around him trying to kill him. Even when he was a baby, the Herod sends forth soldiers to try and kill him. Let me tell you what, the devil will come and test your stance. So we make a decision in the church service tonight and we respond to the touch of God here tonight and we're committed to God to say yes to God no matter what, now expect there is a day coming when Satan will come and try to test you. And I implore you here tonight ear right now that you would drive your stakes deep into the ground. As Isaiah 54 says, strengthen your stakes. There's wind coming. There's a storm coming. Strengthen your stakes because there's coming a day. There's coming a day. The devil is still at work and we need to be aware of that. Even though we have a better covenant than Job had, let me tell you what, in our covenant we still have to put on the whole armor of God every day and we have to stand against the wiles of the enemy and we got to wrestle against those principalities and powers and fight against them as the Bible has instructed us. Let me give you an illustration. There was this gentleman, Carlos Hathcock. He was a, gu a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps and uh, he won the Wimbledon's Cup at Camp Perry for the most, it's like, that's like the most prestigious prize for long-range shooting in 1965. The year I was born is the year he won his award. He was the best sniper up until that time. He could shoot with that scope rifle, that's a picture of him there, over a mile and hit the bullseye. It was amazing. I mean, an amazing marksman he was. He actually lived out his life here in Hampton Roads. You know, we didn't, some people didn't realize that. He died in Virginia Beach in February 22nd, 1999. And one of Hathcock's most famous accomplishments was the shooting an enemy sniper through the enemy's rifle scope. And it went right through his scope into the enemy's eye, hitting him there and taking him out. He and uh, his uh, spotter, John Roland Burke, were out and they were stalking this enemy sniper in the jungle near Hill 55, uh, the fire base from which uh, Hathcock was operating. And the sniper had already killed a lot of the other Marines and word had got out that that sniper was going to take out Carlos. And uh, so, so Hathcock, he saw a, a flash of light, reflect, the sun reflecting off of the uh, enemy's scope, and uh, he shoots that, and that's when he hits the enemy in the eye. Now, surviving this situation, Hathcock uh, concluded that the only feasible way that I was able to shoot a bullet straight down that guy's scope and take him out through the eye is because he had his crosshairs on me as well at the very same moment, and the only difference was less than a second, I shot first. I decided to shoot first. The only thing that saved his life was the decision, the may, he made up his mind that I'm pulling the trigger now. And he pulled it first and he was able to survive. And, and you've got to understand that the enemy at times will put his crosshairs on you. That day will come, that day will come and he'll put his crosshairs on you. And the difference between you getting the victory or him getting the victory is who pulls the trigger first. 
And if you're sitting there still trying to figure out if you're going to do it God's way, if you're going to stand in covenant, you're going to stand on the blood, you're going to use the name of Jesus, whether or not you have healing in the atonement, whether or not you have victory in the atonement, whether you have deliverance, if you're still trying to figure all that stuff out, the enemy's going to get his shot off first. But you've got to say, I've got a made-up mind that no matter what the devil comes against me with, my God has already given me the victory, and I'm going to stand in my victory, I'm going to pull the trigger, devil, you've got to go, you're going down. And I believe that's why we need equipping services like this tonight where you can decide now that when temptation comes that you've already made your decision. When your flesh is screaming to have its way, you've already made your decision. You've been equipped and you say, No, devil, I'm not giving in to that. No flesh, I'm not giving in that. There will come a day where you will have to make that decision. Wow. Let's finish the story of Carlos here. During a volunteer mission, days before the end of his first deployment. How about go to that next? Uh, yeah, that one there. There's kind of a picture of what it looked like. It says he crawled over 1,500 yards. What is that, 15 football fields, something like that? Wow. And he crawled uh, to shoot a North Vietnamese Army commanding general. And uh, he was uh, not informed of the details of the mission when he accepted it and didn't realize uh, what it was all entailing, but he said, whatever the mission, I'll accomplish it. I'll get it done. And it took him four days and three nights. Without sleep for four days and three nights, a constant inch-by-inch crawl. He said that he was almost stepped on as he was laying camouflaged with grass and vegetation at one time. They almost stepped on him. And he laid there and he crawled inch by inch for days in the hot sun and inch by inch in the cold nights. He was bitten by, he said, hundreds if not thousands of fire ants. Insects were devouring him and he couldn't do anything about it. And at one point he said he was almost bitten by a bamboo, a bam, bamboo viper. I don't even know what that is, but it don't sound like a, a fun thing to be around. And, uh, but he had presence of mind to avoid moving to give up his position and let the, let the thing crawl right over him. Oh, <laughs> he got into position, and as the general exited his tent, uh, Hathcock fired a single shot, struck in the general in the chest, and took out this guy that was there giving the orders that was going to cause so many American casualties. And then he had to exit the same way that he got in there so that he can give up his uh, position there. Four days and three nights in order to do this, and with no sleep, no food, nothing to drink, he said at times he felt his mind was going crazy. He's interviewed. He says, I just felt like my mind was going crazy. My body was going crazy. And he says, panic would set in. And I could feel the panic begin to rise. And, and he said, the thing that kept me going... That even though my body says you can't go any further, my mind says you can't do this any longer. He said, the thing that kept me going, he said to himself, I made up my mind when I took this assignment that I'm going to complete the mission no matter what. And I kept telling myself, you, I made up my mind when I took this mission that I'm going to complete this mission no matter what. So what? Shut up. What? Silence yourself. I'm going to complete this mission. So he, so he subjected his body's cries and he subjected his mind's cries and he subjected all these horrible circumstances to a made-up mind and the made-up mind won out. 
And if that's in physical warfare, I can guarantee you the same is true in spiritual warfare. And I can only imagine how Satan taunted Job. Where's your cattle now? Where's your wealth now? Where's your family now? Where's your health now? And he didn't get any support from his wife and friends. Curse God and die was all he heard. But God holds Job up as a great trophy of his. This is God now holding him up as a great trophy and says, look at my servant Job. He has a made-up mind to serve me. He has a made-up mind he's going to honor me no matter what. See, Job made up his mind way before the day of the trial and the temptation. He made up his mind before he lost his children. He made up his mind before he he lost his wife's support and his friend's support. And before he lost his house and lost his wealth and lost his health. He had made up his mind that I am not going to turn my back on God. That I am not going to turn on the one who created me. And he said this in Job 19 and 26. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at last on the earth, and after these worms, these skin worms, destroy my flesh. He said, this I know. See, it's a made-up mind. This I know, yet in my flesh. There's come resurrection power. There's a miracle working power. He said, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know He's going to restore me. He's going to restore my flesh. That in my flesh, I shall see God. That's the power of a made-up mind. And I would encourage you to make up your mind now. Don't wait till trouble comes. Come on now. Make up your mind now. Like Joseph. It's a great thing he didn't wait to make up his mind to honor God. Uh, He made his mind up before he lost the coat of many colors. He made up his mind before he was beaten and thrown into jail. Before he was rejected by his brothers. Before he was sold into slavery. Before he was declared dead and lost his inheritance and lost his father's love. Before Potiphar's wife. Before he was lied on and and, and cast into the dungeon. Let me tell you what. He had made up his mind. He wasn't going to turn his back on God. And I'm here to tell you you don't need to wait until you're in a pit before you're going to come and have your, your, your come to Jesus moment. You need to come with Jesus, come to Jesus right now. And you need to make up your mind right now that I'm not waiting until a crisis. And I'm not waiting until something shatters my life. No. I'm going to make a choice right now. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to make up my mind that no matter what, I'm not backing down. I'm not shutting up. I'm not turning around. I'm not giving up. I know my Redeemer liveth and my circumstance may not line up with what they should right now, but I know there's resurrection power. I know there's healing. I know there's something God's going to do because even He's in His restored flesh, I will see my God on this earth. Hallelujah. Don't you wait till Potiphar's wife's taking her clothes off before you come to the decision are you going to honor God or not. Don't you wait until your uh, your third night in a dungeon before you're going to decide whether or not you're going to serve God or not. Don't you? Let me tell you what. You got to make your decision, and the earlier you make it in life, the better. In a church service like right now, come on. You need to make a commitment to God. God, I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. God, I want to honor you. God, I want my tongue to uh, 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 ascribe glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving to you, not gossip and slander and lies and abuse. No, Lord, I want my attitude to be of such that I draw people to you, not repel people from you, Lord. 
Lord God, I, I, I commit myself that I'm never going to commit fornication and I'm never going to commit adultery. Lord God, I want to live a pure life with you. And in the covenant of marriage, holy matrimony that you've set up, that I want to be pure in that relationship. My body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait until you get in the pit to make your decisions. Make them now while your thinking is right. Hallelujah. See, you can declare, you can declare, I'll never commit adultery or fornication. You can declare, I'll never murder anyone. You can make that declaration. I'll never rob a bank. You, in the same way you can declare, I'm, I'm never going to lie or slander or bear false witness on you. And some people, oh my goodness, you got to sin every day, word, thought, and deed. That devil is a liar. If you make a commitment that you're not going to rob a bank, you can make a commitment to keep your uh, thoughts pure, and you can make a commitment that you're not going to lie. And if that thing starts coming out, bite your tongue until it bleeds if you need to, and say, wait a minute, I'm so sorry, I just spoke mistruth, mistruth or half-truth. Let me tell you what, this is the truth. You can, let me tell you what, you've got to make up your mind. Don't think that you're just some devil's toy that's just wound up to be a demon down here on earth. You're a child of God. You got the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living in you to quicken your mortal body to give you Holy Ghost power and strength and wisdom and comfort and, and revelation. Come on now. We got to know who we are and whose we are. Hallelujah. If you'll make the choice, the choice will make you. If you'll make the choice, the choice will make you. I love what God loved it so much. He had it recorded in Joshua 24 and 15. Says, but as for me and my house, we're making a, we're making a decision. We're making a choice. We're gonna make up our mind. We're gonna make up our mind. Somebody needs to make up your mind tonight. As far as me and my house, as far as me and my house, that means the dog, the cat, that means the lizard, the parrot, that means whatever you got in there. Me, as far as me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna serve the Lord. And if something comes to you that looks contrary to that, you stand against it. You stand against it. Say, my mind's made up. I'm not backing down. I've got the power of heaven standing with me. I've got the power of the blood of Jesus. I've got the name of Jesus. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm not backing down. As far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And the devil said, no, i got your kids. No, you don't. No, you don't. They're coming home. They're coming back. i got your grandkids. Uh-uh. Devil, I come against that stronghold you got on them, that deceiving spirit over their eyes. I come against it. I rebuke it. I resist it in the name of Jesus that their eyes be open that they will see the truth and the truth they'll know it and it'll set them free I know as far as me and my house we're going to serve the Lord I'm not backing down on this I'm not giving up on it somebody's got to get some grit somebody's got to get some backbone somebody got to get I mean you just got to get real you got to get real with the devil's real you better get real with God come on now and say, so I'm going to stand with what God's given me and I'm not backing down. He gave me authority over all the power of the enemy and he by no means shall harm me. Why in the world am I giving the devil this, this room in my house? Why am I giving the devil this room in my mind? Why am I giving the devil this part of my body? No! No way, Jose. No, we're not going to do it. No, you got to stop it right now. Got to stop it right now. And say, I make up my mind. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to bless God. My life's going to be a living praise. My life is supposed to be a living praise. So I'm choosing to line up with my creative order. And that means my life will be a living praise to my God. My life, the decisions I make. That means there's some decisions that you're like, well, this is just how we do things. You're just how we do things needs to change. Amen. If it is not honoring God, 
and advance in his kingdom, you need, you need a Holy Ghost talk, time with God. And you need to make a change of mind and heart. The power of a made-up mind. The power of a made-up mind. Praise God. Oh, I thank you for being here tonight and giving me your attention to know that two things are going to determine what becomes in our life. And that's our decisions. Our decisions and our response to God. You're responsible for your decisions and you're responsible for your response to God. I would say in this closing prayer that you would ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me and what do you want me to do? Lord, I want to hear, I want to hear with clarity what you're saying to me, for me personally. And what do you want me to do? And then I want you to do it. Because if you just, if you just think about it, it's not done. You've got to change your mind. See, the power comes from a made-up mind. Will you make up your mind tonight? That I'm going to respond to you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to respond to you in a way that will bring glory and honor to you and the fulfillment of your purpose in and through my life. I'm going to make decisions that line up with your word as I understand your word to be. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Father God, we just stand before you in this closing prayer. And we want to say thank you that you've not given up on us. Each and every one of us, we're guilty, Lord. We've made bad decisions. We're guilty, Lord. Lord, I stand here. I feel like the Apostle Paul, chief among sinners. Lord, we're guilty. But thank you, Lord, for your great love and your amazing grace and your willingness to forgive as we repent. Lord, you may be calling someone to repent here tonight. Maybe they've been traveling down one path or one train of thought or one lifestyle that is not lined up with your teaching and that which brings glory and honor to you. Lord God, that make the decision right now. God, I want to do it your way. And we repent and ask your forgiveness. And God, I thank you. You're faithful and just to forgive if we'll call upon you. If we'll call on you and repent. You said you're faithful. You'll forgive us of our sins and our transgressions. Maybe you're here tonight and the Spirit of the Lord saying there's something you need to some thought processes and actions and decisions you've made lifestyle and choices that you need to repent of now at that time God is here He's ever present He's ready the blood has already been shed the blood of the Lamb of God and the penalty for your sin has already been given you just got to receive the gift receive the gift of His forgiveness receive the gift of His cleansing receive the gift of his eternal life as you receive him Jesus the son of the living God Jesus the Christ hallelujah Lord we just we just ask you as you move and minister and speak to our hearts Lord God is thank you not we're not asking we just thanking you Lord, for an opportunity to respond how are you responding to God now how are you responding to the move of his spirit what is he telling you to do I encourage you to do it. What is he saying? I encourage you to hear and obey the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. 
And Lord, I just pray there would be everyone here under the sound of my voice would join me to make a decision tonight to make up their mind. No more more floundering. No more guessing. No more situational ethics. None of that. That we make up our mind tonight. Made up mind. God, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to advance your kingdom. Lord, I'm here. I'm making up my mind right now. I am yours. I am yours here on this May 1st of 2019. Lord, let it be recorded in the annals of history that I gave you 100%. I made up my mind that I'm going to live my life for you. And your thoughts trump my thoughts. And your will trumps my will. And your direction trumps my direction. I'm lining myself up with you. Jesus, Jesus, be my Lord. Rule and reign over my life. Be my Lord. Yes, I want you to be my Savior, but I know you can't be my Savior if you're not first my Lord. I surrender. Tell Him tonight, God, I surrender. I surrender my life. I surrender the remainder of the years that I have and the days that I have and the hours that I have. I surrender to you. I have a made-up mind that I'm going to live my life till I take my last breath for you, Jesus. For you, Jesus. That you may receive the glory and the honor forever and ever. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Best thing you can ever do. Have the power of a made-up mind to serve the Lord. Amen.